Welcome back to the Deacon's Den. I'm Deacon Dave, your proprietor and host, and as always, I'm joined by the co-owner of the den, Deacon Joe. How's it I'm going, here. Joe? You're here. I'm healthy. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've already tipped off the entire program, so uh, we're done. Okay. Now, good to see you healthy. Good to see you back. And uh, obviously, that's going to foreshadow a little bit about what we're talking about today. This uh, episode was one that I never expected that we would host. Two years ago, during the first year of COVID, we recorded an episode titled An Ordination Like No Other, describing all the additional steps that needed to be taken to conduct an ordination in the midst of a global pandemic. It was an ordination that included masks and restricted attendance, among other limitations and modifications. And at the time, we looked forward to our next ordination in 2022, when we thought things would have returned to normal. And as we approached this recent ordination, we felt we had arrived. Yes, variants of COVID-19 were still out there, but everything appeared so much more manageable. And then the plot twist occurred. And sadly, I was at the heart of it. But before we jump into the story, I want to welcome to the corner booth several familiar faces and a first-timer who will help fill out the narrative. So the Deacon's Den welcomes back previous guests, Deacon Chris Meehan from Ascension Parish in Melbourne, Deacon Dominic Delio from Our Lady of the Lakes in Deltona, and the brains of the outfit from the Office of Permanent Deacons for the Diocese of Orlando, Jennifer Kuhn. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer was overwhelmed by her introduction. She's already been brought to tears. I can hardly wait. <laughs> Not for that going. reason, Dave. <laughs> yeah, she works with me and Joe. That's why she's brought to tears consistently. <laughs> We're also pleased to welcome a first-time visitor to the den, Deacon Mark Fry. So, Deacon Mark, please give us your entire life history in 15 seconds or less. Go. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Nice to be here. I, I serve at St. Peter and Paul in Winter Park and was ordained in 2018. 2018. So that was not the ordination like no other. That was the ordination before the ordination that was like no other. I guess, yeah, the most normal ordination, I guess. Okay. The, the, <laughs> in a while. The ordination like <laughs> We've seen in years. <laughs> well, well, great. Uh, welcome to the den. And you have been a deacon, as you said, since 2018. You're married to your beautiful wife. Gloria. Good. I had to give you the opportunity to, to oh, say that you. so you can score points. I can't at believe home. you forgot that. I know. <laughs> you said life story. Yeah. <laughs> um, Deacon Mark, you grew up where? I grew up mostly in Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, I was born in Iowa. Slowly made my way uh, south until I landed up here in okay. Altamont Springs. In Altamont Springs. Iowa to Oklahoma <laughs> to Altamont Springs. The normal progression. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, it's good to have you here, Deacon Mark. Deacon Mark is also, he and his wife Gloria are the facilitator couple for Cohort 2026. So they are walking the formation journey with another cohort of deacons. So we've got him roped in at least for the next four years. <laughs> well, we're so glad to have all of you with us to help tell the story today as we need your input because you were actually there. So let's begin with my tenuous participation in the proceedings. Now, for anyone who is familiar with ordination of Catholic clergy, prior to ordinations, each of the ordinands is required by canon law to take a five-day retreat. And Deacon Joe and I had led that retreat this year down at the beautiful Our Lady of Perpetual Hope Retreat Center in Venice, Florida. And it was an amazing several days together, and we ended up on a spiritual high. Sadly for me, it was not a physical high. 
I had felt very good during the retreat and even taken a comfortable morning jog the morning of the second to last day. However, on the final day, when I awoke, I awoke with sinus congestion. And given that the retreat center is on the Mayaka River with a heavy foliage, I simply surmised that it was my allergies getting the best of me. So midday on that last day, we headed back to Orlando and I was on the road with Deacon Joe in his beautiful truck, now forever known in my mind as the Petri dish, where we rode for the next two and a half hours back to central Florida. And I will admit my mask was in my bag. Where was your mask, Joe? I didn't think I had a mask. <laughs> and that's I was tipping. in my safety of my truck. In your truck before, you know, he had it fully disinfected before I got in there apparently. <laughs> so as we left the retreat center, my sinuses began to clear, although still somewhat annoying. Uh, but I thought, okay, it was allergies. We're good. And we drove straight to the Basilica Shrine of Mary, Queen of the Universe, where the men were to be reunited with their wives for the final talk immediately followed by the rehearsal for ordination that would take place in less than four days. It was with about 30 minutes left in the rehearsal that I began to suspect, to steal a phrase from Florida Space Coast, Houston, we have a problem. I rushed home at the end of rehearsal, still hoping it was just old-timed allergies, but by the next morning, I expected the worst, and my thermometer and at-home COVID test confirmed my suspicion. I quickly texted Deacon Joe and Jennifer to share the news and began to wrap my head and heart around the reality that I would not be at Saturday's ordination. So, Deacon Joe, it's Wednesday morning, three days before ordination, and you receive my message. First thoughts and actions. Punt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was interesting because as we led up to that, we had Herman that was out with COVID. Mm -hmm. We had Chris that was out with COVID. So it was naturally, Mark, you're it. Tag. <laughs> oh, boy. We weren't, I wasn't too concerned about it because we do have a wonderful team. I was more worried about the reflection for Friday night. Oh, that's <laughs> that now true. I had to come up with. <laughs> that's true. So the night before ordination, we do a Vesper service with the bishop and the ordinands. And I had planned to give the reflection that night. And... That was my blessing for you, Joe, <laughs> that you got to address that class one last time. Um, and so when you, when you look at the lineup for these ordinations, we have two deacons that serve at the altar with the bishop, right. which uh, were to be Deacon Joe and I, and then two men who were to be MCs for the ordinands, guide them through the process. Deacon Paul Volkerson, who's done it many times before. And uh, Deacon Chris was supposed to be the other one, but uh, because he had previously tested for COVID, he decided he would step back, and we invited De Deacon Dom Delio in. So the plot will continue to thicken as we move <laughs> forward. Um, Jennifer, you were also in on that initial message. What was your reaction when you, when you saw my positive test? Well, I can't say exactly what I thought, <laughs> but... Um, FCC regulations for him. <laughs> okay. I, I do definitely agree with Deacon Joe. We had everything pretty much planned out. So while we would certainly miss you, we we thought, you know, sure, we can handle this. It's not a big deal. Office party! <laughs> <laughs> and, and because you're not sitting in the corner booth with us, you don't realize when she said, oh, we would certainly miss you. Yeah, I wasn't terribly convinced, Jen, but that's okay. <laughs> I would miss you guys. So, but it, it sounded pretty Manageable. much handled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At this point, it was a minor inconvenience in the grand scheme of things. 
it was disappointing for me, mm-hmm. but you two had this well on hand. Of course, there was now the unanticipated spotlight on Deacon Mark. So, Deacon Mark, how are you feeling <laughs> with this new responsibility thrust upon you? Because you were now going to be the deacon of the altar, filling in for yes. Deacon Joe, right? Yes, and uh, I remember reading your email Wednesday morning. I was actually in Oklahoma for my mom's funeral, trying to prepare a homily in my head for a couple hours from now. And uh, I read your email. I was like, "Oh man, this sucks." And <laughs> and then I get an email Can from FCC that that regulations. <laughs> Can he say that? Get that in post. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. The den is a fairly relaxed place. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, then I saw Jennifer's email asking me if I could serve as a deacon of the altar. And I was like, I can do that. The deacon of the altar, all that stuff happens after all the ordination stuff. I can handle that. I do that all the time. That's what was going through my head at that point. I didn't realize everything else that came <laughs> with what I said yes it. to. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no spectators in, yeah. in an ordination. Exactly. Uh, so you felt okay because of the role to which you were assigned. Correct. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I'm impressed because, yeah, you were serving with the bishop in front of 2,500 people in the Basilica and a live stream around the world. No pressure. Yeah. yeah. Now we know that now. <laughs> <laughs> he would have felt a whole lot worse if he had figured that out. Okay. So now it's bright and early Saturday morning and uh, the plan is in place. We've made this simple rotation. Everything's covered. It's now the day of ordination. Deacon Joe, why don't you pick up the story at that point in time? So I get up in the morning, and I begin to realize that my sinuses are plugged. And I'm thinking, the moral thing to do is to test myself and not go. Do I want to go? No, I got to go. No, I test myself. I tested myself, and I came up positive. took me about 13 seconds to let it settle in and send a text to John, Jennifer, and Chris, who had just recently reported that he's clear. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, I want to commend you on making the moral choice that morning, Joe. We were all waiting with bated breath yeah, yeah. here with the outcome. Which way is it going to go? We 6.30 in a morning text. Right, Chris? <laughs> you were lucky I was awake to see that because I had my phone turned on. Or I was lucky I was awake to see that. So we're going to come to Chris's full reaction in a moment. But Jennifer... Now this is the second text you're getting in three days. Uh, we're falling like, uh, yeah. Pins at a cheap bowling alley. How about that? <laughs> that works. That works. Hopefully pins at even a expensive bowling alley for a good bowler come Not to think of it. But, so now you get Deacon Joe's less than happy news. Mm-hmm. Where were you when you received it? And what were your first thoughts and what happened next? Well, I was in the car. Something told me you should get to the Basilica early this morning. So I was in the car, and I happened to look at my text. Now, I can't say exactly what I was thinking once again, um, but... Um, she wants to make sure we're eligible <laughs> for Catholic Media Awards in the future. I got on the phone with John Trout. Um, and, and John Trout, for those who are not familiar with who John is, is... he. He's everything bishop. Like everything he's, bishop. <laughs> no. Except a funny manager. little beanie on top. Right. Okay. He's bishop's manager. Okay. And so I knew John would know what to do. Um, so I contacted him and he said, Jennifer, I'm on my way. I'll be there in 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, hold on. I just left the house. It's going to take me a little longer. <laughs> and he's like, I'll be there. And so he's like, it's all right. We'll get it. We'll do it. 
And I'm like, all right, you have more confidence in this than I do, but sure. It was so. amazing that John shot back to me really quick, and it's like, have you picked somebody to replace you? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> See, that's how he handled it. <laughs> Joe, tell me who. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now the other, the new person pulled into the equation, which was an old person who had previously fallen out of the equation. Not to say you're old, Chris. <laughs> no, I resemble that reminder. I know. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, so, Deacon Chris, share your thoughts when you got the text this morning, uh, that morning, not this morning, that morning, and um, you're now back in the lineup, but in a different role. Yeah, that was a shock. I I happened to be awake early for some reason. Holy Spirit, thank you. <laughs> I look at my phone for text, which I usually do in case anything, because I've got construction going on at the house, in case it's my wife, and I see, oh, Joe says, I have to go to the Basilica by 8. I look at my watch, it's like, I don't have time to get there by eight. Okay, I'll get there by eight. <laughs> so I'm scrambling. I Fortunately, I stayed in Orlando overnight because I wasn't planning to come to Vespers. And then I thought, well, I'll come to Vespers, but I'll just head back to Melbourne and drive over in the morning because I don't have to be there until That's later, right, too. That's right? why I knew I could pick him because I saw him at Vespers. Ah, <laughs> yeah, you go. yeah. So I, I happened to be close. I got myself together, headed over there. I saw it, Deacon Mark. And we're there. John hands me this stack of papers and says, read this. Clump. And then I'll be back in 15 minutes. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, okay. I start looking through. It's like, this is the whole ordination ceremony. Kind of like read it, memorize it, next slide. You know, it's, it's like, I don't know if I can do this. And I thought, Holy Spirit, you're on. <laughs> and so what role were you taking over then in the ordination? Well, it was such a mix master, it was kind of confusing at first, but I ended up as deacon of the word. Right, the deacon of the word, so that means you had to call the men to to orders as well, too. Indeed, and know their names and pronounce them properly. And, and I have to say, I'm going to just pause right here. That was one of the most impressive displays I've seen in a long time, because for those of us who knew those names, that was fine, but there's still pressure. You nailed it that morning, so I, I was very proud of you, Chris. Thank you. I have to credit my rudimentary Spanish lessons and the fact that I went around and asked people, how do you say your name? <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is the, the wisest thing to do. Both of those were very effective, by the way. Yeah, because from your rudimentary Spanish lessons to say, donde esta la biblioteca was not going to work. Right? No, no, absolutely okay. not. So you've got your position. You're now in the Deacon of the Word, Deacon Mark, Deacon of the Table. But remember those MC roles that we were talking about. And this was uh, fortuitous, I think, uh, Deacon Dominic, because previously we had talked the night before the night of the beginning of the retreat for the men uh, that were going to be ordained. And Deacon Chris had mentioned to me previously he had still tested uh, positive for COVID, wasn't sure he'd get a negative test. And I asked you to be on standby in case we needed you. And you, smart man that you are, said... I think I'll come to the rehearsal just to be on the safe side. So while you were in a role that you kind of thought you might do, now it got real, real fast. So Saturday morning, ordination, how did you feel? Well, I, I think the first thing you said, there are no spectators. That was my intentional plan, was to just be a spectator. 
at the ordination, but I did. I didn't. I didn't say let me come to the practice out of wisdom. It was just I'm so dumb that I need to take <laughs> notes in order not to mess anything up. So I did. I attended the rehearsal and I took a ton of notes. I, honestly, at your own ordination, you just wait for somebody to push you. But when you're the person that has to push them, you kind of need to know what's next. So I went through my notes um, and then I I went back and looked at some video. But I honestly wasn't concerned at all because. Jennifer and Richard seemed to have a very calm handle on things. I didn't feel like there was anything to worry about from that regard. And I, and I knew that I'd, I'd heard Chris getting the names down, and I knew he was going to do good, and I knew Mark had it. So I wasn't really worried other than just don't mess up what I'm supposed to do. That was my only focus. And then, you know, get out of the way is the other, you know, two things you don't want to do, drop anything or fall. So. Sure. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. You're neither, <laughs> and you pushed people at the right time. And well, got you know, out of the and way Paul was others. a great help too because he's just such a calming presence, and he didn't seem to be phased. So I didn't think twice about worrying about what was going to happen because I knew that the Holy Spirit had it, and that everyone that was in charge was competent enough to to take to take charge. What I just heard you say is that you were going to blame the Holy Spirit if something went wrong. <laughs> no, I was going to blame Jennifer. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. It was really interesting because what we practiced that evening on Tuesday was not the same That's when right. we got to Friday. That's right. So everything changed to mm. a certain degree. That's right. Things started changing on us. <laughs> John and I weren't real sure what was going to happen the next minute mm-hmm. or two. But I I personally have to say our cohorts, uh, 2024, 2026, were amazing. Once they got in there, I'm like, all right, guys, <laughs> it's all on you. I, I was going to blame them. If oh, okay. <laughs> as long as everyone had someone to blame. It all rolls downhill. <laughs> yeah, we had that all figured Yeah, stuff out. does roll downhill. Um, and, and so when, when Jennifer is referring to the cohorts, these are the next two classes in a moving mm-hmm. through formation program. And uh, they have the, um, the fortunate distinction to be the, um, not cheap labor, the free labor <laughs> at our ordinations. Yes. So but you they had were them, amazing. You had them as ushers. You had them as altar servers. Mm-hmm. You had them as... Checking in the deacons because they get lost sometimes. Not even deacons, we, no. Uh, you know, you say that every sign. time you come on about <laughs> deacons getting lost. <laughs> they are so clueless sometimes. <laughs> I think we start out that way. It, it is it is an election season. Be careful. They might impeach you. I love them all, though. <laughs> no, they, they helped out with anything and everything that we, we asked for. The other person that was... Um, She's near and dear to my heart, but amazing is while Deacon Mark was sequestered (laughs) away for his mom's funeral, I and I was going back and forth with him asking him to do things. I also asked his lovely wife, Gloria, could she be our room mom? For oh, yes. the wives That's right. of those being ordained, because sometimes they too get lost mm-hmm. in the crowd. They want to, and that was one a role my wife Rosie was supposed to play, <laughs> yes, but obviously but she not. wasn't going anywhere either. Now <laughs> you, yes. you should change the name from room mom to cat wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it, is. it really does become yeah. that, doesn't yeah. it? She was also a bouncer at the uh, entrance <laughs> prior to the ordination, oh, yeah. so nobody could get out. And I saw somebody walking outside the window, mm-hmm. and I approached him. I said, "How did you get out?" And he said, "Well." I had permission from Gloria. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't have been out otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, he had the bathroom key with a big. uh, 
So that was the way he got out. Now, Jennifer, you shared a story uh, in the office this week that I think was prime about one other little detail about the ordination that uh, still needed to be managed uh, because of the unfortunate situation with Deacon Joe being sick that day. And of course, I totally forgot about it. So in my, you know, walk arounds, I, that's all I did was just walk around. Um, I talked, I stopped and talked with Gloria and she said, uh, Joe Bellissimo needs to talk to you. I'm like, oh goodness. So when, when are the ordinance? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I go to Joe and his wife, Edith, and he tells me, Jennifer, what do I do? I'm lost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> You're going to have to clear it up for me. And um, he says... Deacon Joe was supposed to vest me. Ooh. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, Don, Don, I forgot about it too. I told Jennifer, how long has it been since the ordination? Seven weeks later. And I'm like, Sorry, oh, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your public apology? <laughs> That's my public apology. <laughs> my stomach dropped for him, but I'm like, let me think on this and I'll get back to you. So I did go back to him and I said, who would you like to vest you? And he said, well, Father Tim Daly is going to be here, and Deacon Lou Bartos, who was his mentor, will be here. You know, maybe I could ask one of them. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, maybe Father Tim. But I had already left, and I didn't hear that part. (laughs) So I went. I ran into Deacon Lou, ironically, and said, hey, you're up. You're going to vest. I went back to tell Joe. And he's like, no, no, I already ran into father. <laughs> I have somebody to vest me. So we went from no vesters to two vesters. Two. Good. Yes. And I said, all right, cool, cool. We're we're good. I'll just go and tell Deacon Lou you're off the hook. <laughs> and that's what happened. Well, he, you was, were, he was very kind. Yeah, you were just following the, the appropriate response given on everything that happened that day. <laughs> you built your backup in already. So if Father Tim Daly had... Uh, not been able to, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Knock, <laughs> knock wood somewhere. So, okay. So here's what I want to know. Who broke the news to the bishop and what was his reaction? John Trout. John Trout. Mm-hmm. And did John share anything about Bishop's reaction? Well, I believe if I remember correctly, Bishop had come into the room where the priests were vesting and he said something like, well, where's joe where's dave <laughs> oh wait i know about dave where where's joe john looks at him and said bishop he has covid <laughs> and he's like hmm, all right and so john you know told him that deacon chris and deacon mark were taking over and he's like all right that's fine cool so um then he comes over to me and says jennifer do you want to help at Mass? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I got my hands full. Of Time Bishop. to vest Thank up, you. Jennifer. <laughs> no, he was just joking. He's He started laughing. Um, he's like, all right, well, it'll be beautiful. <laughs> it'll be beautiful. So now it's game time. Deacon Joe and I are on the injured reserve list. Deacon Chris is back on the field, but in a new position. Deacons Mark and Dominic have been called off the bench and placed into the starting lineup. So what are your memories and thoughts regarding how it went? And let's go quickly around to the corner booth here. Jennifer, let's start with you. How did you feel the whole ordination went? It truly was amazing. I mean, again, we did miss you both, but for everybody who stepped in so quickly, it really went as flawless as it could. I mean, I know there were a couple of things, you know, here and there, but 
everybody was ordained, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing how that happened. I saw I saw Bishop a few days later once I finally got the negative test, and I said, Bishop, it's amazing that you and the Holy Spirit could still ordain those men without Joe and I there. <laughs> I never would have expected it. No, it's uh, it was. It, mm-hmm. it, it, so little things always happen. Doesn't matter who's who uh, is serving at the at the mass. Deacon Mark, you were. Uh, you were up in, in the altar. You said you didn't realize everything that went with. What what else did you realize you had to be responsible for? Uh, that whole packet of stuff that he handed to me and Chris as we walked in in the morning. It was very surreal in a sense. I I, I kind of wrapped my head around the whole thing till afterwards. That's usually how it happens for me when I'm serving. I'm more worried about what I got to do instead of where I'm at. And so as we were waiting in the sequestered room with the priest, I remember my wife is like, I wish you could get to a point where you could really appreciate where you're at. Mm. And I turned to Chris and I said, and I said, Chris, I'm honored to be serving with you today. And, and he's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and I was, I was like, and I, I meant <laughs> serving with him. You too quick, Chris, you knew where I was going. <laughs> Got to cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was, um, that was what really stuck with me was that, where I was, and that, who knew if I was ever going to get to do something like that again. And I told Joe later that when do I ever get to incense the bishop? That's one of the few, if not the only time, I would ever get to incense the bishop. And I didn't hit him in the head, and you know, and everything worked out well. So I, it was really a, a great, a great experience. And and we hope in no other form of the word incense do you ever <laughs> incense the bishop. <laughs> I, I think that would be a good thing. The other thing that I I. I notice and really commend you on is, is that the other role you had to play is some of our ordinands have yeah. a hard time getting up from a kneeling position. Mm-hmm. And I noticed as I was watching the live stream, you kept an eye on them, you moved in very quickly, and you helped a couple of the guys up, up who couldn't, who, who struggled. So, well, I so thanks to put for that. that. Yeah, I have to put that on Gloria because they actually came to her. And when we came out and, and got in line, she's like, there's two guys that said they need your help. So she pointed them out to me and I went up to them and said, count on me. Don't worry, I will be there. And they're like, okay, okay. So, yeah. And there's a reason they asked him instead of skinny little me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking that Gloria said there's just a couple guys that need your help. Uh, we formed those 18 men for so many years. There's a lot of them that need them. No, no, no. We'll getting get to, up. Uh, getting up, getting up. Chris, on the other half, uh, the other side of the sanctuary there, of course, you were now the Deacon of the Word. You also, as I said, had to introduce the candidates to the bishop, the ordinance, present them to the bishop on behalf of the church. How did that go for you? How did you feel? I, I, was, I was moved deeply. I thought, wow, what a remarkable privilege that I've been given to be able to bring these men to the bishop for ordination and announce them to the world. I just felt like this is a once in a lifetime, like Mark had his experience. That was my experience to be able to be a part of that whole thing. And, and that you, was your group. Yeah. And, and it was, was my group because yeah. that those group of men were, were the ones that I helped. Form so you walked them. closest with them. I did. And then you got to announce the word here is. Here are my the kids. Men. Don't kill <laughs> <children>. them up. <laughs> <laughs> here are my children. They often act that way, but God bless them. They're children for the church. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought about that at the moment that you yeah. were presenting them. You had walked. You and uh, Pat had walked with them yeah. during that. I had a, a glimmer of disappointment that I didn't get to spend the whole six years with them. Yeah. 
since yeah. Pat and I came into it in the middle. Mm -hmm. But I relished the time that I had, and I really appreciated the opportunity to be able to introduce. So, Dominic, you were down in the trenches with them yes. uh, because you had to guide them in, make sure they yes. they got in position. And that is where the wheels come off the bus all the time. I saw a lot of knees shaking from behind yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You said something interesting earlier that you watched previous ordination Right. Tapes. Right. Yeah. So I went back to the website and just just to get the flow so that I knew what the next thing was, even if there was some small change, I was familiar enough with what was going on. And kind of like what Mark said, that really helped me be present in the moment. So because I was confident in what was coming up next, I wasn't focusing on anything but what was happening. And kind of like Chris said, I had walked with these guys from their first day because they started their discernment when I was in my formation year. So we got to meet and spend a lot of time together with those men, and they're a wonderful group, and I, I, I love them dearly, and it was, this, it was an honor to be that close. It's the best seat other than where Chris and Mark were in the house because that was much closer than my pew would have been had I just been sitting there. So I, I, I really enjoyed being that close to them, having walked with them, watched them come to this day. There was one moment of panic that they hit me with before everything started. They came to me and they said, our Dalmatics aren't on the pews like Deacon Joe sets them up. What do we do? And I said, throw it over your head and push your arms through. It's a, it, it's easy. You get dressed in, you put a shirt on, you'll know how to put a Dalmatic on. It's a big shirt. You can do it. And so it was just funny that they they recognized that one that one thing that was you know just so easy and they didn't have to think about suddenly they had to think about. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to show when you do the practice and you walk through. You'll forget a lot of stuff, but the, but the most important things are what do, you know? What do I do next? And who's going to be there for me? Who's pushing me essentially? Mm -hmm. And different from my ordination, I didn't have to think about anything because I was the last guy in line, so I could watch everybody else have to do something before I did it. It wasn't like I had to be really that aware of what was going on. Whereas in this case, I had to know what was next. You know, it's interesting. You talked about you shared that one little insight of them panicking. Yeah. And and I was thinking about how we often tell brides when we do rehearsals for weddings mm -hmm. that in my opinion the rehearsal is a sham. It's yeah. it's <laughs> it's to make them feel comfortable, but they're not going to remember a single thing that we say. That's and right. I, and I've noticed that you, you, That's you're, right. you're not down there. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Yeah. Any other good uh, funny stories that you got from the... Oh, I'll have to share my notes with you at some point because they're hilarious. Like sit Stand, like I have like simple instructions. Like a dog could read these instructions. And follow. Do you have treats for them? It's like, it was all for yeah. me. It wasn't for oh. them. <laughs> Sadly. Most importantly, did your wife Audrey have faith that you could do it? She always does. She she, does. She's she's yeah. my rock. So you know, neither one of us were worried. I was excited, but also kind of wished I could have sat with her, but. After the whole ordination, I was just so grateful that I got to be a part of it. What a great, great opportunity. Well, we were certainly grateful, too. And as Deacon Joe already said, we know we have a deep bench, and yeah. that's what would really— um... I prefer to stay on that bench, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sitting there watching it on TV, it's like you, know, you go through the sadness of saying, I I'm supposed to be there, but the reality of it is, you know— coming through the military and, and recognizing that that's what we strive for. I can be absent and things continue on just as if I was there. And it was beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts as you watch this live stream? Anything else you noticed or saw or? 
you know, I, I find myself being real critical, so I know the little things, but I was able to put those aside and say, this was beautiful. You know, we need guys like Dom to be a little harder on them and kick them in the butt <laughs> as they're doing high fives down the aisle as they're recessional. <laughs> you, know, you know, what was funny is I only noticed one, uh, again, from the position of watching the live stream, uh, one, you know, kind of glaring error in movement that took place uh, and oh, stuff that like that nice. happens. And I thought, okay, so what happened? And and by the way, it was attributable to no one sitting at this table. Oh, good. And, uh, oh, good. That's and, true. And so, and we won't throw Paul under the bus. Oh, yeah, no. oh, I love my brother, Paul. And look what he just did. I was um, so glad that it was him and not me. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. And I was, would have never heard the end of that. And, and it was just a, a movement that was just a little too early. That's mm. all it was. You know, for me, what started as a moment of deep disappointment in not being able to be there uh, finished as a memory of great joy. You know, I think uh, my wife, Rosie, was more upset than I was that I couldn't be there in my role as director of formation and the director of the diaconate. But it was impressive to watch this beautiful ceremony that still took place so smoothly. Unless you knew the scramble that occurred behind the scenes, and you've heard the scramble. Uh, and, uh, I'm still yeah. getting over this. <laughs> She'll have permanent scars. The permanent, the yeah, emotional and mental scars. Next <laughs> time the ordination comes, she's going to be twitching. <laughs> I will be absent. <laughs> you know, COVID may be passed, but still Jennifer's calling in that morning. I've got COVID. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have known that this was a virtually a whole new cast of people pulling it off. You know, anyone from another diocese that doesn't hear this podcast simply wouldn't know. So special kudos, of course, do go to you, Jennifer. Um, you clearly demonstrated where the real talent lies in the office of the permanent diaconate. <laughs> that. That's where uh, bossy. You know, and without question, and we've mentioned him a couple times, we know what an important role was played by the Bishop's Master of Ceremonies, John Trout. Uh, who kept things right on track during the liturgy. You know, he is with the bishop all the time. He doesn't panic at those moments. Nope. He just pivots and makes sure the bishop has what he needs. But he has to be confident in the men serving with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Deacon Joe and I, we serve with the bishop so much. There was a natural flow we have. But you guys didn't miss a beat. And uh, I, I think it, it really showed, and it was beautiful. And so, I didn't have to think about who was going to be next. Right. It was instant. Yeah. I knew exactly who to pick. Yeah. And that's, that is a key, isn't it? So, and even though the bishop says that you and I cannot ever retire, um, <laughs> we know that will come. Yes. And it's nice to see the, the depth we do have uh, among those <laughs> serving in the diaconate. And my sincere personal thanks really to you three gentlemen, to Deacon Mark, to Deacon Chris, to Deacon Dominic, uh, for the role that you played. You were able to minister with grace and with humility, even in the midst of a rapidly changing circumstance. Uh, I think up until the time you walked down the aisle, you didn't know who was going to be involved there. <laughs> and to my co-owner of the Deacon's Den and ongoing partner in ministry, Deacon Joe, from the depth of my heart, as patient zero in this outbreak, <laughs> I'm glad that I could further help you build your immunity to COVID. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> So what's next on the menu at the Deacon's Den? Well, next time, we'll catch up with a few of the recently ordained deacons to hear their memories of the ordination day and stories from their first couple of months of ministry as a permanent deacon. Sadly, we've reached closing time at the Den, but I'm glad you dropped by. Come back in when you hunger for hearty discussions on the diaconate and Catholic conversation. Until we meet again, 
I pray you walk closely with God on life's journey, and when you feel the urge to visit the Deacon's Den, remember, there's always a corner booth reserved just for you.